Thanks so much to Pod Plays Podcast, bringing great stories, epic songs, audio dramas that are a movie for your ears. Within each story, you'll discover new and original music by Nashville's top hit songwriters. Visit podplays.com to find the stories, the app, and links to follow Pod Plays on all your favorite social media sites. I thought they were looking at me. I was like, do I play a freaking intro here? This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray. One of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's George Clooney's singing voice in Old Brother, Where Art Thou? One of my favorite movies. I actually thought George was actually singing when I first watched the movie. He's a member of Allison Krause's band Union Station, or once was. I don't know. We'll, we'll clear that up in a minute. He's released three solo albums and was one of, and was the one singing on Avicii's song, Hey Brother, which is a favorite of mine, R.I.P. Avicii. To top it off, he's won 14 Grammys. Yeah, 14. But he won't let us touch him, unfortunately. It's living. It's just the living legend, very stingy and greedy living legend with his Grammys. Yeah, Dan Tominski. welcome to the show, brother. I'm happy to be here. How you doing today? Thanks so Man. much for not bringing your Grammys. Man, um, no, I brought them. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yes. Can, ben, can you go get those Grammys so we can have them in the shot? We'll wait. We'll wait. No. Ben's on his way. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, thanks so much for being here. I'm a huge fan. Oh, you're kind. Well, thank you. I didn't know. I didn't even know until I started researching you that uh, you were the guy singing Hey Brother. Yeah. I didn't realize until it came out. I, I don't think that one, that one snuck up. You know, that was a, uh, that was kind of out of nowhere. No one saw that coming. That's, that's just, it's insane. <laughs> that one was a weird one for me because I got, you know, when I, they asked me to do that song. I got a call. My call. My original call was from my assistant. Shelly called me and said, "Hey, we just we just got reached out to from this guy, Tim Bergling, um, Avicii. I don't know if you know him. He plays EDM. And I swear to goodness, I did not know what EDM was. She had to literally say, well, you know, it's a, like club music.' And I was like, "Oh, that's what EDM stands for." Yeah. <laughs> See, you can do that. That's good. Wallen, you got that. Hey, like ready? Go, sing it. <laughs> Whoa. He's like, oh, you, just blew, you just blew my mind. <laughs> no, when I heard from when so they first asked, and I said, um, when I realized what type of music it was, I said, well, how about we say thanks, but no thanks, because it was just so far outside of the box I was in. And she said, um, God bless her for saying this. She said, well, that's. That's cool. Do you want to uh, hear the song before you give an official no thank you? And I was like, well, sure, send it. So she starts sending me the track, you know, the demo that they had to listen to. Meanwhile, I go to my source, my, at the time, uh, 19-year-old daughter who listened to everything, who listens to, I mean, her music, you know, she from Mel Torme to, to punk rock, she listens to everything in between. Like wow. she listens to yeah. everything, right? So I asked, you know, I texted her because you try to call some, you know, a 19 year old, you'll never get them to answer the phone, but they'll answer a text. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I texted her and I said, I said, hey, do you know who Avicii is? 
And she immediately, I see the bubble. She goes, Swedish DJ genius. Yes. Why? Yeah. Genius. <laughs> yeah, she, that's what, that was the first words. Yeah. I still have the text. I Dad, still, I'm a genius. Of course. I still, she, goes, she goes, yes, genius. Yes. And I said, he wants me to do a song uh, on his record. And I see the bubbles come up. She's typing and one word comes up. She goes, bullshit. <laughs> and all I can think of is what kind of language is that to use with your dad? And I start, I know, right? And I start, you know, to respond to to her and this. And of course, the song comes in, and I listen to the song, and um, I, I love the song. The song. Did was, you say is, was is that song. what Avicii's teaching you? <laughs> is this what you have learned, Chris? Have you heard the song? Love? Oh yeah, man. I, yeah, it is cool. I, ha- I I bought that immediately when I heard it. Well, so I decided I would do the song, but I never got to hear what that song was like when I, the the demo went. So this is the only thing you heard, right? So, hey, brother, there's an end. I don't even know if it changed chords. It just did this, right? So I sang, you know, I sang the song to the that one string of the guitar. Actually, we didn't even have the music going. I hit a string. I remember to get the pitch when we were in the studio, but I basically sang it to a click track. There was no music. Really? I, I sent him a vocal that I literally had sang to a click and nothing more. So when the song came out, when I heard it for the first time, I hadn't heard any of the programmed wildness that, you know, that it ended up, you know, it ended up being, I can't say it. It ended it. It ended up. It being, did, it did, did. Now, what'd you, how'd you feel about it? When you, once you heard it? Oh, and blew my hair off, man. It was, if you'll notice, I'm a little balder than I was, you know, and yeah, I remember. before <laughs> that song, I had more hair before I heard that song. I'm not kidding. It was, it, it knocked me out. I didn't, I'd never, well, I remember thinking two things. First of all, I was just in general, wow, because it was such a big production. I'd never been a part of anything that was so grand, you know, and, and, and that far in that direction. And then the second thing I was struck with was sounded like it worked, like it fit my voice, like it didn't feel like I was singing outside of my genre. I liked, I liked the way it sounded together. It made me think, well, shoot, you know, that's, there's stuff like that I maybe can do. It ultimately led to, to future songwriting and and ultimately records and and other stuff from you know tim's vision of of me being able to sing that song that was not uh anything i would have ever ever set out to do on my own that is really crazy man. yeah i know because when i heard that song i'm not into edm music and uh avici i knew who avici was and i gave him ears because of uh uh the other so he did another song with a uh a soul singer I forgot his name now, and I have that song too. Uh, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. You heard yeah, with, that? Uh, Arlo, uh, is that the one with Arlo? Or uh, I'll have to look it up. What I came to find is I knew a million of his songs that I didn't know was him. Is what I learned after you know my my involvement. What the the question I have is it didn't have your name on the track though. I have no. it in my phone. It still doesn't have your name on there. Like no. you don't say featuring Dan Tominsky or nothing. No, I would have made a lot of money if they would have said featuring Dan Tominsky. We actually tried to get, you know, that was something. Why didn't they do that? I don't understand how, you know, the the all that stuff works. What I remember <clears throat> from back in the day was we got the offer to do this song. And the first thing, you know, of, you know, anyone is going to ask for is, you know, how do we how do we do it? I wanted right. points on the song or what was it going to be? Do I get producer points or will it be this? And they said, um their company, whatever that company was, came back and said, "Well, we would really like it to be just a one-time fee a one-time payment oh no yeah well and so mind you when they came back with the, what the one-time payment was I understand a couple things i play bluegrass music man <laughs> i'm a banjo player <laughs> i mean they they 
shot me a number that was astronomical. I, I thought to myself, I can't, you know, I've not, I'm not talking about the exact number. I'm saying, was it, can you tell us the figures of the number? <laughs> the figures. I'm not telling no, no, you. Not Just the, say the Yeah, oh, That's yeah, kind that, of weird. Yo. I'm talking about how many numbers was in the numbers, what I'm saying. No, but I could have ate them high-end cheeseburgers for a long time. Often, So I got a good, you know, I got a really nice one-day paycheck, and I worked, I guess, maybe, I don't know, two or three hours. You know, it, yeah. was, it was out of my life. I, I went in the studio one day with, uh, with Neil Capolino out at uh, Doghouse Studios there in Nashville, and we give him a little plug. Neil's great. And yeah, we, we knocked it out and, and sent it off. And I was so happy. I mean, I, I was like, dang, I made, you know, it was a great payday for three hours. I would never dreamed. I mean, you know, it felt like now I blink my eyes and, right. and it, I hear it on the Super Bowl. Right. And it, and it was like a, this huge smash. It was, I think it was number one. It was a number one song in 16 different countries at the same time. I mean, All it's right. my biggest hit. It's, yeah, it's wow. huge, man. It's it's huge. But you, I couldn't have foreseen that. So when I asked my management, you know, about, well, what do we do? Do we fight to get points? Do we do this? And they were like, well, in the world of EDM, all that stuff's really put out free. And it's kind of for everybody. Like, there's not, it's not the same thing as country music or, right, you know, it's not the same machine. And, you know, if you want to do it and they give you a good payday, eh, you know, it's up to you. So I was like, you know, I was more than happy to do it. But again... Turn back the clock. Could I have made more money from it and then, or, or not done it for whatever? No, I'm so I'm blessed to have been a part of that one. And then later on, get to play it with him live, um, meet him. Um, then later, you know, we, we just did a thing last year for his uh, foundation. Yeah. Um, went and played uh, to 60 plus thousand people in an arena in, in Switzerland. Just, just incredible. That's cool. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, we, it was it was my biggest, like I've never, that was officially, I think, the biggest crowd I've ever sang to. And it was just incredible. And every, it's for this age group in me, is it's, you know, it's strange, but, you know, every teenager, you know, or, you know, young, young person out there saying every word, you know, it was amazing you know, high energy evening of, of, you know, tribute to, to Tim and all the people he touched, which is where I found out. And I'm going to throw this in. There's a video game, a Vici video game for like Xbox, PlayStation or whatever they are now. <clears throat> so I find out there's this game. So I get one from the guy cause he was at this concert and I bring it home and it's the wrong zoning. You can't apparently play some certain games or zone ones, you know, mm. European zone. Right. So I'm like, well, dang. So I get on the internet and I get this, I order a special PlayStation with this right zone, whatever. So I can play this game. <laughs> And man, I'm not a big gamer. Like I don't play a lot of video games and my song was way at the end of the video game. So I had to like pass a bunch of levels, right? <laughs> yeah, level after get, level yeah, to, to get, get to hear my song on the video game, <laughs> right? So I get really good at this video game. But what I was going to say through this, that's when I discovered I had to get through, like I had to pass like 15 or 16 songs to get to my song. And I knew every song like it was, I had no idea how much he had touched me with music. I had no idea that was, was, you know, to his credit. So right, right. the music that that man put out, I mean, he really touched Wow, so many, so many. I think ideally, <clears throat> even you just take the, taking the payment, you know, that makes sense. But ideally it would have been awesome if you could have taken the payment and said one caveat featuring Dan Tominski and we're good yeah, right right because and I was a fan of yours before Avicii's right I had no clue that was you still I mean yeah until, matter of fact until just last night I didn't know that was you I never I never thought to go I'm gonna google who's actually singing this but I can't tell you how many times I've sung that song 
into my phone for like Instagram stories and and tagged Avicii. And I was like, how does Avicii get these people to come on and sing on his songs? And I thought they were just no names, right? That's what I thought. I thought that because that's why I didn't look it up. I was like, surely somebody that has a name is not going to be like, even me, I don't even have a name. But if he asked me to be on it, I'm going to be like, well, yeah, if you put feature, I'll do it for free if you put feature in Marty Ray. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I, I was so shocked by that. Well, again, that's just that's by that time, by the time I was involved in any of that music, they had their machine was it was a well oiled. They knew exactly right. what they were doing. And even though, again, like by my standards, I received an astronomical fee for my three hours of work. Like I'd, I'd do that. I'll, I'll take one of those. Right. Right, right. I'll, take, I'll take one of those every month or every couple well, of months. And you know, even, and I'm good to go. Even with uh, a lot of people probably know that you're, you know, uh, that you're that you're on there it probably helped you anyway in you know as far as um you know when when people found out right what it led, what it led to in the music i was able to create post hey brother mm-hmm. i wouldn't trade it for anything right like, i love where i'm at now it gave me a a, a little bit of like courage if you will it, yeah. it gave me like it, it let me, it made me feel like it was really, it was okay to go as far outside of the box as I had to go to achieve whatever feeling I was trying to grab in the process of songwriting. Cause I'm not a life, you know, there are songwriters and there are people who write songs. Uh, Chris Wallen, you're a damn songwriter. You just can't, uh, you, wait, well, you just can't help it. And I'm a guy who writes songs. I just can't, you know, I, it came way later in my life. I didn't spend a lifetime learning, you know, working on that craft, try to put it to music. Um, I could never be where I'm at now without hey brother really absolutely old brother where art thou was before hey brother <clears throat> old brother where art thou was 20 you know yes a long time before now it made it taught me some different things about how i listen what i look for in music how i evaluate music that whether i've recorded or i'm listening to someone else i <clears throat> i had a different opinion leading into you know old brother where art thou of how i thought the mathematics of music should work. I really was a stickler for, for pitch and precise timing and everything fitting together exactly and making sense on a, you know, if you were to look at it on a, on a chart, Oh brother, where art thou taught me how to listen to music just in a free sense of if it made you feel something, it didn't matter if it's out of tune, if it's whatever there's, there's no, there's no rules. That's what I like. There's no, yeah, it's well, I, I, it was a huge learning experience for me, but, but it didn't do anything for, for how I mean at that point in my life I didn't write I hadn't written any songs I, I wasn't a, trying to be a songwriter it wasn't something that I that I thought about but after I did Hey Brother and I ended up with a songwriting deal that I don't think I would have ever got the song I ended up writing taking a publishing deal with 1010 Publishing and Barry Coburn that I don't think I would have ever got that publishing deal without having done um, Hey Brother now for the first year, particularly after that, everybody I wrote with wanted to write something like, Hey brother, you know, like yeah. it was, it was, <laughs> a, it was a big, you know, it was yeah. a big splash. Oh yeah. So I spent a lot of time writing things that I would have never thought to tackle. I mean, I was, I was, I was shooting for the stars with, with where I was going directionally with the types of songs I was trying to write. And it stretched me out to a point where I was able to eventually hone it in a little bit and realize that, there's really there's there's a way to say what I want to say in songs and a way to step outside, not, you know, not have to worry about a particular formula or a box to keep it in. 
And my, you know, my, my songwriting improved how I tell my stories improved. It let me, you know, it stretched, worked out that muscle, if you will. Right. Right. Can you do a little bit of Hey Brother? Hey Brother? Yeah. Uh, hell, I don't know if I ever played it. I've sang it a lot. Uh, <laughs> is it, which, how do you want this? Is this that... is fine. Like, uh, <clears throat> hey, is, I don't know what key it's in. I wasn't, I, yeah, this is. This is highly rehearsed. If anyone is it's, not, this is a, a <laughs> slick, a, kind of a slick show we run here. It's very, it's very Raw. polished. Remember, I just said I like things untuned. Yeah, I like things untuned. I don't like to tune my guitar because then it don't match my voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have that rub in there, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I spent a long time trying to really search for a way to play stuff perfectly so that I could really translate it to the audience, you know, and now I look for that audience who doesn't know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, brother, I can't hear shit. Hey, brother, there's an analyst, there's an analyst role to rediscover. Hey, sister, know the water's clear, but blood Blood is thicker. Oh, I gotta learn the chords to it. You would think I would know this song. There's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. But if I'm far from home, oh brother, I would hear you call. But if I lose it all, oh sister, I I don't really know an arrangement without all the horns. <laughs> this is the part where on my nose I usually go. <laughs> Man, it sounds just like the record. In the full arrangement you do, you get you get a solo on the nose. I had no so, idea. Are can you, you scoot in just a little bit, Dan? Are yeah, you sorry, union sorry. for your nose harp? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Dan sure. Tominski, nose harp. Let me tell you nose something. Harp. <laughs> I want to hear that acoustic version now. <laughs> like fully. Actually, that is cool. Yeah, you know, man. well, I have gone. I have since put out. We'll call it an, an acoustic version. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I did an EP a little while back um, that uh, that I did a live version of that to try to connect the dots a little bit. That right. That was, well, yeah, that you know, was you. Going, that, that it was me, and yeah. I still might do. There's still room, I think, for a bluegrass version. I just it and that'd just, be great. You know, it, there's that there's a way. Cool. I think that could work. You know, weirdly under a banjo. Now, <laughs> yeah. you know, oddly, oddly too. Oddly enough, we typically start the show off with a fast five okay we ask you five quick questions and we get five quick quick answers okay even though we've been doing the show for 21 minutes now i'm not <laughs> i'm not mad i'm not mad at all okay mm-hmm. good because you're a big fella <laughs> i would rather what you, you didn't get say, i'd rather you i'd rather not have someone that look like you mad at me damn it you could say fat on this show if you want to well i prefer just just big just big i'm bone. a big dude yeah and, and i didn't feel you're like a, a big guy. dude next to you well, because I'm wider. <laughs> well, you look like, what, you about 6'3"? Uh, you do this for the fair, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Okay. I actually am the fattest man in the world at the fair. I play that. What is something that everybody looks stupid doing? Eating. That's true, especially if you have a beard. I'm sorry. 
I have I, it's entertaining for me. Ever go to a restaurant and just watch people eat? Damn, it's funny. Oh, if, I, if it's funny if you have maintained the right attitude. <laughs> Let me tell you something that would, that would be that would be very funny for people to video is me eating fried eggs with the yolk running. Oh, always feel uncomfortable doing that because like I'm eating and it just runs like, down, Shh. and I'm sitting in a restaurant going, "Oh man," <laughs> and then I put it in my mouth and I go. And then that really makes people think, wow. 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 One word. Wow. 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 That's something. And they got their phones out. I'm like, take a picture. It'll last longer. Uh, what's the funniest joke you know by heart? The funniest joke I know by heart is I can't repeat it. It's a fact. No, no, like there's, yeah, there's a couple really it. funny jokes that, but the yeah. ones that are funny to me are really have to be just close friends only. Yeah. <laughs> close, super close uh, friends. Super only. close pass. friends only. <laughs> a pass. That's a pass. Um, um, I'd like to pass. <laughs> he's like the boy at the at the spelling bee. When I said tell the joke, he's like sweating. It passes out. <laughs> What's the? F- I already asked you that question. You already passed on that one. <laughs> pineapple, pineapple on pizza or no? Yes, sir. My man. Yes, sir. My man. I would go. I would bring yeah, my I, own I pineapple like to a pizza. Too, I forgot yeah. if you. Yeah. No, you, I yeah. do. Yeah, I'm for so it. So see, that's that's beautiful. Ben, are, are you a pineapple on pizza or no? Oh man, he gave the I'm not sure hand signal. Oh no. <laughs> no I'm, I so, be in the so right I'm guessing. If I gotta it be was, in the right mood for it. So someone else has to be buying, and he, and he <laughs> yeah. likes. And yeah. he likes. Yeah, that's, that's it basically it. My <laughs> wife loves it. I listen. My favorite pizza is pineapple and ham pizza. Well, you know, I think a lot of people that uh, a lot they get it, it, it's more of a thing. Like they just automatically like say they don't like it. Like it's like it's let. Like they're like, oh no, man, that's not pizza. And but you know that yeah, there's a lot of people that's really really, but I don't think it's because they really don't like it. it it's more of a stigma. I think it's become this. It's 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 gained. It's become a, life. a thing. Yeah, it's I know. gained a life of its own. Like people ask that randomly on Facebook. They'll people, put a, I think put a, I think people think pepperoni and pineapple instead of like pineapple and ham. Oh, which pineapple and ham makes sense together. I've never heard of pepperoni like, and pineapple. I think when people have pizza, they think pepperoni and then pineapple with pepperoni just sounds weird. I've only ever had pi- uh, pineapple on two types of pizza. That's a Hawaiian, which is chicken, and which is chicken and pineapple and some other things, and then ham and pineapple. Mm-hmm. And they're both wonderful. See, anyway. I would routinely get a meat lover's, or when I was ordering pizzas, I would get a meat lover's pizza plus pineapple. No way. Absolutely. You're, you're next level pineapple. I would bring I would bring it to the restaurant myself if I could, so <laughs> just good. to make sure I had you know, it. Yeah, I love it on a pizza. I don't care what else is on as long as there's pineapple. Can we be cousins? We could. You know what? We could I think be it, secret cousins don't here's know the thing. it. Yeah, I think Dan's been infiltrated by Big Pineapple. Big Pineapple has Big Pineapple has been knocking has, at my has, door. Has like cut him a check. <laughs> Big Pineapple has been at my they door. They cut him a check, so. and he's now he's Big Pineapple. He's sponsored for sure. Yeah. I cut up a fresh pineapple uh, the night before last night. I was wondering why you brought a can of pineapples with you to the interview <laughs> and set them right there and shot of the camera. I was yeah, wondering why was. He's got a bowl of pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> if animals could talk, which one would be the rudest? If animals could talk, oh, God, cats. I, I'm with oh, you. Cats, would t- cats yeah. wouldn't be afraid to look. Oh, man. Oh, no. They, I hate cats. They think that I don't hate them, but I don't like them. They think that, the, that you're privileged to be there and take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> Any animal that, that, that when I call it, it won't come, 
Yeah. And then and then after I stop calling it, then it comes. Isn't that something? <laughs> I don't like that. It wears me out. I have both dogs and cats. Right now, I'm a dog lover. Mm-hmm. Through and through. Best friend you'll ever have. Dog, period. Right. Cats, I just, I, as I was a young man, I had a lot of bad experiences with cats. We lived across the street from a street light, and they would go to chase the bugs. And I had, you know, probably two dozen cats, you know, go by mm. the way of the traffic, you know, coming by. So cats, I've never been, now I, I say this. I hate cats. Damn it. But I currently Man. have but I currently have a cat that is the damn sweetest little kitty in the world and I love her and I just want to hold her on my chest. I just love her. That's exactly how I am. Like it's yeah. I say I hate cats, but then I'll see a kitten or something I'm like oh, oh the kitty kitty it's a kitty, <laughs> kitty, kitty. kitty. <laughs> I'm telling you there's nothing like it. There, you know, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah, when they're kittens. But the truth is great. if humans were my size Oh, cats yeah, cat would, would eat, eat us like candy. Yeah, they. I think they look at you now and say, "Boy, you are just uh, you out so of lucky. You, you are almost, so lucky. You're almost food." <laughs> they would yeah. definitely play with you in a, in a <laughs> oh, very yeah. oh, violent way. You, they would play with you, break your neck, and while you're twitching, I they're so, easily go the most. No, they're the f- most fascinating animal to watch. I can watch that little kitten jump around and chase like a hairband or rubber band on the floor for an hour and it's more entertaining than anything else i can look at i just can't look away right. and, and the laser around. lights oh i yeah. have one on my keychain we yeah. used to have yes. a cat that pull would... it out it gets chris too <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll do the same thing and, and then my hair goes weird uh but so we used to have a cat that we would leave and we'd come it was an outside cat that was there at the house before we moved there that just said welcomed us there when we so we would come in every now and then and there would just be a rabbit's head at the door i just like for you i mean it's yeah no yeah yeah and it was like and and he would be like i i left this part for you you know (laughs) my my gift to you yes and then chris (laughs) would pick it up and eat it (laughs) yeah i was like that's right the cat it was like it's a gift from the family. <laughs> I hope you like. It. I got this from Vito for you. <laughs> and, and then you know, and then it, it, you know, next thing you know, it would be like flipping it around like a like a like a beach ball, and it was like, like this is so will. so disturbing, <laughs> yeah. and it would be like huge, like a, a big as it. I mean, and it was like, oh my gosh! I had a cat one time. It was a shop cat, and it was just a big old fat monstrous cat and it it was a mouse magnet it was so good i don't know how because it was so fat and slow but it could catch a mouse any mouse that came within radius it caught it it hated it had such a hatred towards it loathed mice so much that i would watch these mice in the shop i I felt bad for them because they would come and this this cat would have it just like he would just be laying there with with his hand over (laughs) the mouth just like and I would go by and like Chloe, what are you doing? She would go, nah. <laughs> and then she would lift it up. The, the, the mice would go, is it time? Can the, I the get mouse away? Would do this right here, and it, it would it would go a little bit. She go, no. I <laughs> <laughs> just hold it right there, and I was like, are you not going to eat that cat? That that mice, that mouse, and the, she would actually she would slap it around to where it was injured, to be like, yeah, where it was injured, and then walk away, let it sit there twitching, and then go back. Oh, I know, and bite yeah. it again. <laughs> I'm like, you have this type of serial killer type weird cat. We well, got they don't have internet, man. What else are they going to do? They don't do? have internet. <laughs> what, else, what else are they going to do, man? You oddly got one enough, mouse. Oddly me, enough, Chloe did get on the internet. So, If cats had internet, would they watch 
human videos like we watch kitten videos. Well, I don't watch mm-hmm. kitten videos. No, I can't say that I do either. I, don't I remember when that took over YouTube, though. Oh, yeah, it was like a huge... And there, it, <laughs> there was one funny one where the cat was standing on a dresser, and it, the caption above it was a bunch of like really weird algebra equations. Mad, and it said, doing the math, doing the math, doing the bath. And then he tried to jump up, and he fell, and it was just a, a huge <laughs> fail. And it was like, yeah, you know, you could just see him in his mind going, yeah, plus two, plus two, carry the one. Okay, I can make this, yeah. And oh, then, yeah, when he jumps, and it's like a... Yeah. And he goes, oh, shit. That was pretty funny, but that's my one and only. I don't, I don't like to see things getting hurt. How many, how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Man. One, if you give them enough time. Chickens are mean. I don't know. Have yeah. you ever had chickens? I, I've had chickens. I've never had chickens. Oh, I had chickens. I've had man. to feed was, chickens. I've had a couple Let of chickens I was scared to death of. Really? Oh, my me God. Me too. Mr. Poopers. <laughs> oh, Mr. Poopers. Did, you, did, y'all, did you chase him around like Rocky? Mr. Poopers chased you around. If you got anywhere near him, you'd, you were brave. Chickens really can be mean, man. This I, one in particular was Mr. <laughs> I say Mr. Poopers. He might have Mr. been a, Pooper. a, a Mr. Chicken. Did y'all? Did, did you? Have you seen these uh, these monster chickens that went viral? There was this just this massive beast of a chicken that went viral online. It was like a really looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger as a <laughs> super chicken. chicken. Have you? You didn't see that? It seems like no. I remember that. It vaguely. walked out of the. It, it looked like it didn't fit in the the coop. I always wonder about out. those. If it's it's so hard to. To trust stuff now because of it, so they can make it look bigger. I always wonder about those. I pr- it seems like I did see that, and I wonder, did they do that? Like I looked it up. These there's actually a uh, a breed of chicken that is that's actually really big like that. Big, I, I they can do anything now. Husky they, chickens, three legged chickens. You yeah, know, they they can do anything they want. Now I heard a Buddy Hackett on an old Johnny Carson episode. I watched Buddy Hackett told a story of a three legged chicken. He said that ran by him when he was driving down the road, and he said he went flying by him. He looked, he said, damn, it's a three-legged chicken. He tried to follow him, and he turned the corner and went down this alley, and it looked like he had him. He jumped out of his car, and he went down there. There's an old farmer standing there, and he says, hey, did you just see a three-legged chicken go by right here? He says, I sure did. He says, I raised three-legged chickens. That's my chicken. He says, you're kidding, a three-legged chicken? He says, why three legs? He says, well, he says, do you like a, you know, when you have, you know, eating, do you like a drumstick? He says, yeah. He says, do you, does your wife like a drumstick? He said, well, yeah. He says, well, do you ever have company? You don't have an extra drumstick. He says, well, you know, I never thought about it. Yeah. He said, how do they taste? He said, I don't know. He never caught one. I <laughs> <laughs> see. That's the joke. You that's the told. joke. There's the joke. We got oh, it out shit. of it. Well, I thought of it after. You know, which the, the joke I would have told if I could have told the joke quick enough. I would have told the joke that that <laughs> that you can't tell that yeah. a song. No, that a songwriter walks into a barn and the horse looks at him and says, "Hey, Mr. Wallen, why the long hair?" Oh man! <laughs> see, that's two jokes. I see two for the price of one. For the price of one to make up for the funniest when he couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, he gave us two. <laughs> yeah, as soon as that red light goes off, man, I'm gonna hit you with a good one. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, now, did you meet Avicii? I did. So he was was he cool? Super super nice. Yeah, we you know I, he asked me to do Ultrafest in in uh, in Miami. And I got to uh, take my daughter down there. We actually had a really nice weekend, and she was ecstatic. Played, oh, you couldn't! She, I bet she, she actually was freaking fell, out. She fell into tears because oddly, the week before, she was in Miami with with uh, some relatives, and um, she wanted to stay, but she couldn't afford a ticket because this concert was coming up. She it was like a four hundred dollar ticket to yeah. to get in. She said there was no way she could do it, 
And uh, when I called her and said, hey, I'm playing this this Ultrafest thing. You want to go? She started crying. She says, Dad, I, would, I wanted to stay. I, I couldn't afford the ticket. You're taking me. Oh, my God. So she was, like, so happy. So we get there. Wow. And, you know, backstage, there's, like, this yacht pulled up against the the you know, against the land there and our dressing rooms are on this yacht. And so why, so we're walking back. And as soon as we get on the boat, she breaks out and full on tears. Like she's a puddle. Wow. And I looked at her, I was like, daughter, what is up? She goes, I told my friends one day I'm getting on this boat. Damn it! I didn't know it was gonna be today. She was just, you know, because like two days ago they were there, and she was pointing. She says, "I'm gonna get on that yacht one of these days." She says, "I'm gonna get on it." She says, "I'm that's I'm." She wanted it so bad. She like wielded it. Look, I'm getting teary talking wow. about it because it's my little girl, man. Yeah, I love it, heck you know? yeah. And but you did it. it and you deal. did that for. Well, it was just it. I knew she would like, it and she was the one who really gave me my first clue on who he was. She said, right. you know, she was like genius. She couldn't believe it. She goes, if you have, you better do it. She, she literally <laughs> said, like, she better. said, she's no, when I told her, when I was still considering it, she said, if you don't do that, I'm out. <laughs> now you, I'm listen, out. Wait, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> when your daughter says, <laughs> sorry, your girl says, <laughs> I'm out. This is what she said. She says, if you don't do it, she said, I'm out. And I'm like, out of what? What the hell are you out of? Are you in? What are you out. How are you out? She's out. You're no longer her father. No, it was, right? <laughs> it was such a, it, no, it was such a big deal that, that, yeah, when I had the opportunity to, uh, to go do it, she was my, she was the one I thought of. I was like, you know, do you want to go? So, how old was she at this time? 19. 19 years old. That is something else, man. That, that, yeah. I just find it so cool that, cause you, it's something that you never expect to hear in EDM music, electronic dance music. Right. Like you just like you don't you don't expect ever to hear, hey brother. You don't ever expect to hear that. And it to, when that came on, I was like, this is here's what I actually thought happened. I thought Avicii took a song that was already made. Sure. And remixed it. That's like what a, I thought happened. Like a mashup of some sort. Yeah. That's right. I thought that's what he did. And I thought, because, but the one with, uh, it's Aloe Black. That's the guy's name. Yeah, Aloe. Aloe Black. Uh, the one with him made sense, though. That was not unexpected. Like, you've heard I'm, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. That was not unexpected. That made sense. Him being on there, that was kind of the same vibe. But to get this, to get this bluegrass singer on this song on a on a on a club song and yeah. it was played in every club for years <laughs> probably still is right they probably yeah. still that's still spinning every day in, in in people's rotations and it's just, it was always so cool to me because I'm a country boy like by heart I'm I'm actual country like as far as I'm from the country I didn't grow up listening to country music of my whole life but I did uh become fond of we were talking about that earlier i became fond of it around 12 years old because because of garth brooks so if you don't like garth brooks you can get out right now no, <laughs> don't leave please with the interview's not over no I like, I like i like garth a lot actually yeah um but the funny thing is is the way you talk about it i'm shocked by because you talk like that's what made your career but like man i'm a man of constant sorrow is one of the most legendary songs ever and i know you reworked it or something right is that what happened well i did my own you know i did a version that we had worked up between uh t-bone burnett and and ethan and joel cohen i mean we were all kind of involved it had to you know that version came about because of the way it was placed into the movie 
So there was, you know, that was a different thing. I don't, I won't say that made my career. It changed parts of my career that, that I don't think anything else would have. I mean, it was a very influential part of what happened to me. I mean, my career, honestly, I made my career was made for me when I joined uh, Allison and Union Station. I mean, for me, that was the height of his, that was as far as I could possibly take what I did. Um, and, you know, 25 years, you know, went by like in a, in a whisper of time, um, making what I feel was the highest level music. I mean, you know, that I never judged winning Grammys or what, or, or gosh, anything like that on what I did. I mean, I got to, I got to raise a family and play music that I absolutely loved. I mean, there was no, I didn't need any, any big songs or hits, anything like that. I mean, you know, if I could have got a couple of points on that record, you know, I mean, that would make well, a difference, yeah. you know, that would, that would make a difference. I mean, sure, but I couldn't trade. I wouldn't trade anything. I mean, everything, you know, you know, turns out like it turns out for me, this, you know, even and every, all the weirdness of this past year, you know, this has been a horrible year for musicians. Um, oh, yeah. and I fall right in there with the category. I mean, you know, I, I had a shoulder injury the year prior, so I went a year without working that really put me in the hole. And then I found myself with this year, you know, coming up, I was going to do double time, you know, this year. Well, then this year got canceled on me. So I've been two years, you know, pretty much without a gig. Um, I still wouldn't trade it. What it made me, what, you know, I look for silver linings in anything that is going on throughout this time with the, the COVID and being pinned up at home. And I grew in what I'm looking for out of myself and what I'm looking for out of music and how I allocate my time with family, friends. I mean, everything it's put a, it's put a premium on things that there should have been a premium on in my life already that wasn't there. That's exactly right. So there's, you know, that's you, you, it's how you treat things, you know, that, that happen like that, whether you get that point or don't get that point or whether you're, you know, out of work or whether you're not out of work. I mean, how, for me, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm in a better place starting now moving forward than I would have been had I continued to take everything for granted and, you know, skipped along as if, you know, it, right. it wasn't as important as it is. Yeah, I kind of, that's the way I live. I, I didn't, uh, the COVID thing, while it hurt me and it hurt everybody, but I've never looked at it like a, well, crippling because God's blessed me through it. And I, I, I live like every, all things work together for the good to those that love God. So that's how I live my life. And and it it really has not, it hasn't, it, I mean, I'm not homeless. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still, I'm still eating clearly. You oh I mean? my gosh. I'm actually eating better. It's weird. You know, I'm eating better. I'm at home. I'm cooking more. I'm doing, right. you know, I'm, my relationships are better. I, I just, again, if, if you know how you're looking, you know, the, the lens, whatever lens you look through, there's a big silver lining. Just got to realize it's there and appreciate it. Always. Yep. The, uh, the funny thing about, uh, when I heard the first time I, when I first watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, I thought George Clooney was actually singing that song. And then I said, man, how is he doing that? And then, cause I was a, Ralph Stanley fan. And then I saw that he did it. I was like, oh, he's the one singing that song then. And then found out that it was you. And then I was like, oh, that was that was Dan. So you you, you were with Union Station at the time mm-hmm. when you did that. Yes, sir. So what was the what's the difference? How when because you reworked it, how did you rework it? What what did you change in the song? 
Well, I was originally not hired to play the guitar on the song. They, when I got the, <clears throat> let me back up. We went like, when I say we, Allison Krauss and Union Station, we were big Coen Brothers fans. We went into audition just to be a part of the movie in any way we could. We didn't know what. We just knew that um, they were having, you know, old acoustic music. and So they didn't write, the, the script wasn't written with constant sorrow in it at all. It was written with music in it, but when I was auditioning, it was between what a lot of people don't know. It was actually between Constant Sorrow and another Ralph Stanley song that almost made the movie. That it, so it was almost Rank Stranger. Mm. They were flipping a coin back and forth, and, and Constant Sorrow was the one that made more sense for the situation, for the movie, whatnot. So it, so it won out, but it was almost Rank Stranger for a brief moment in time. Um, I think I, they said learn both of those for, to audition. And I went back and played it much higher and, and faster and different. And then once we were in um, actually recording it, um, we were trying it and it wasn't, didn't quite do it for them. They weren't, whatever it was, it didn't feel. And they kept saying, listen, you have to understand you're, you're, you're hungry. You just, you just stole a chicken so you could eat. You're, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to knock them dead because if you, if you, if you give them a great enough performance, they're going to give you like all the money in the world. Like $50 is all that, like they're going to give you what would be like thousands right now. Like it just enough to save you. Like you're, this is, this is for all the marbles and you're trying to play rock and roll, you know, it just hasn't been invented yet. You're really, mm, but you're just yeah. really, and they just kept with all this visual. So we kept starting and stopping and, and they kept shaking their head. They said when they were asking the guitar, who the guy who's playing guitar at the times, they, they were giving him advice to try different things. And I just said, let me see the guitar for a second. And I took it and went. I kind of left it out of tune like that and started going, you know. No way. So I was, when I started doing that, they all stood up and they said, oh my God, that's exactly what we want it to sound like. That right there. Shoot, man. And then they said, and this is the first time I ever thought I'd guffaw this question. They said, can you play and sing at the same time? And I had to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I so, can or not. So you're telling me that that's out of tune, technically. Just enough to be. Yeah, just, yeah, just enough. You know how happy that makes me to hear that? Here's why. I, I like Al Green a lot. He's my favorite. Sure. And uh, when I tell, like, when I tell, like, a musician buddy of mine whose name's CJ, CJ Wilder. You know CJ Wilder? I know that name. I, he I might have played CJ. bass yeah. with you at some point or something. But uh, anyway, he and I were talking. I was telling about Al Green. He never really listened to Al Green. And uh, we were on a plane, and I said, I said, on this plane ride, you're listening to Al Green. He's always got his Spotify in his ears. I said, mm -hmm. I said, no, you're going to listen to Al Green. And then form an opinion. Don't just say no, no, no. So then pull up love and happiness, right? And at the beginning of love and happiness, it's a it goes out of tune on the guitar, and he goes, "Oh, like that." I said, "Don't be." I said, "Let, let me love and happiness make you want to do wrong." And it's like that guitar is. I think it's purposefully out of tune, or it's just out of tune, and they kept it. But he, when he went to listening. To the song, to that song, and he started grooving. He came back after a week or two, and he was like, "Thank you for turning me on to Hal Green because he's got some great music, you know." Yeah. Sure. And uh, so I'd love to hear that because I'm always I'm a stickler for because I'm not a very good guitar player at all. So I love to because I play out of tune on <laughs> on accident. 
Right? People are like, you need to tune that up. I'm like, oh, really? That sounds good to me. <laughs> it happens all the time. He, he, he does it too. Like, we'll be playing, and he'll be like, let me see that. Hang there. <laughs> just, but just and, a little and, bit. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, oh, oh, okay. Well, they say when you play with a lot of tune, it sounds like there's more of you. But yeah, he's pro- like, but he probably thought there was just too many of you. There was too many of me. He's like, too you're many. big enough. You're big enough. Let me see that guitar. It was that bad, really? It was that. Come here, kitty. You need another guitar string. <laughs> he pulls the drill, like the, the, the tuning drill. Oh Lord! Chris has this cool little thing on his guitar where he just flips a little switch and it goes to drop D or something, right? Yeah, it's a hip shot. You go, boom, drop it. Yeah, I've seen people. I pl- played with a cat who had a guitar that tuned itself. I mean, he picked the I guitar up. Yeah, yeah, and, and he just kind of strummed the strings and just kept like just hitting I've them like that. I've seen those. And it kind of went in tune, and I thought, man, oh, man, that is man. either I, the best thing that's ever happened or the thing that would bring me to my grave early. Yeah. Something that never stopped moving like that would, I don't know if it'd drive me crazy or if it would. Well, what if it's not exactly right? What if it's like you can hear that it's not right, but it doesn't know and you, and you try to tune it and then it tunes it back. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You try to tune it and then it tunes it back. Even or, if I'm wrong, I want control, damn it. I don't want my guitar telling me well, when it's in tune. I here's the thing. Tune it. Some guitars too, the intonation is a little off. All Every guitar has to so, be tuned slightly differently. Exactly. Depend, depending on what you're going to play. Because my my guitar I've had for twenty six years, and it, you know the B string is a little the intonation is off. I I have to actually turn the B string a little flat for it to sound good with a chord, so it would mess it all up. You can get relationships with different guitars. They tune like you can, like I know how to tune this guitar, right? And it's not the same way I tune a different guitar. But if I'm going to play a song that's in a C chord, or if I'm going to play out yeah. of a then my guitar is clearly I have to adjust it for the what I spend the majority. I mean, I play old Martins. They ain't none of them note out right. So you you just you go with the lesser of you right. know what whatever's going to be the best through the majority of the song, and you learn how to work around the little things. And then sometimes you just sound out of tune, and it's and you don't worry about it. You know, it's I ask myself, does it? Am I getting a point across? Yes or no? And if it's yes, then I don't worry about it. If that guitar was a one of those automatic tuning guitars, you couldn't play Sorrow on it. I probably could. I'd just have to tell it to. Oh, well, no. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, like, I'm, I wasn't purposely trying to make it sound bad, but when I, I did it so quick, you know, when I went, when it was, I just went. And I just quick enough and started going. Like, to me, that does, that's not in tune, right? Why did you do that, though? What was the, what was the inspiration because they said that because they said you're on the run and you're trying and you just stole a chicken i don't know that's what i thought of if i stole a chicken that's what i hear that's my chicken stealing music chicken stealing music i don't know that's on spot i was highly impressed man can you play a little bit of concert sorrow uh if i can get it out of tune (laughs) if i can get it out of tune i sure hope you do untune it in constant sorrow all through his day well, I am a man, hand of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my day. I, I, I bid farewell, hell to old Kentucky, the place where I was born and raised. 
on Soggy Bottoms. Place where he was born and raised. That was oh, so man. good, man. I was, I'm literally like a, a, a fangirl right now, man. I'm telling you. And I don't do that a lot. But I really, I, again, that song, I have sang that song so many times, man, in my life since that movie. That I've one had staying that. power. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that was you after, because I immediately had to find out who was singing that. I thought it was Ralph Stanley. It didn't take me long to find out it was you and Union Station. And for years, I've been telling people, that's Dan and Union Station right there. You know what I mean? I've been I've been proselytizing Dan for a long time. So when I found out you were he were friend, he was friends with you, I said we need to get him on the show if he'll if he'll oh, bless us. Well, I'm and I said did. I hate Dan. <laughs> yeah. I don't like him. Okay, so well, let's not do that. But then he kept on. I bet I did actually have to rattle Chris's chain a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I, got, I got a question for you. Is there a, I know you, you know, man, you are just a road dog for so many years on the road, you know, and is there like a crazy or, or a couple crazy road stories that you can tell? Because <laughs> I know, I know, I know there's stories you can't tell. This sounds like Jared's <laughs> podcast, the tour stories. The tour stories, yeah. yeah. So the, this would be tour. good for that. You know, we we had so much fun touring, but we were a very tame band. I mean, you know, Allison and Union Station for all the years that we went out. I mean, we didn't do anything crazy. We didn't trash hotel rooms. We didn't go, you know, in, insane. I have no like stories where I think, oh my goodness, you know, that's the craziest road story I've ever heard. I mean, we've played crazy places. We played Bonnaroo and we've played a lot of places where, you know, maybe streakers might come out in front of you. And we had one guy who's a particular fan of Allison one time. Oh, particular. Know, and, and you could tell a particular fan. He was a, he was a particular yeah. fan and, and he was, he was very proud of himself and, oh, and wanted the world to know. And so that like, you know, weird stuff like that. The weirdest thing that probably happened to us was that I don't know what got into me one day, but I was in the, I, we were backstage and we were doing a show and I was in the production office and whatever music came on, probably Al Green, I don't know, but I started dancing and I started dancing in a particularly vulgar type of way. <laughs> particularly. It, it, it turns out he is the particular guy. <clears throat> yeah. He's the particular guy. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, so on this one particular day, this particular guy was doing a particularly horrible dance and the uh, one of the one of the guys in the office said, "Dude, he says I'll give you hundred bucks if you do that on stage right now. Come on." He says, "When you go out, you do that." I said, and I was joking with him. I said, hundred bucks. You'll give me a hundred dollars cash if I just do that. If I do that on stage." And he says, "Well, there would have to be some rules." And I was like, "Well, what uh -oh. are the?" Yeah, I said, "What are the rules?" He says, "Well." And he thought, and you know, I think he was thinking how to talk me out of it. And he yeah. says, "Well, it would have to be at least thirty seconds long." And it would have to be so outrageous that someone would have to come back and tell me that you did it. He said, if it's, it, you have to do it for at least 30 seconds. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be crazy enough. Like you just did here where someone comes back and tells me to do it. So I was talking to our drummer and I said, you know, when she introduces me, what if you just kind of give me a little, and just get a little groove going. 
I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to dance for just a minute on stage. I said, now I've never done this. And if hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. hundred bucks is it's a lot of cheeseburgers. <clears throat> More than I made on that damn Avicii thing. So, anyway, so, no, so wait, no. Three zeros then. Okay, got it. <laughs> no, so I'm kidding. So I, here it comes, time of the stage. Now, no one tells Allison. And she goes, you know, and then she did, did her little spiel and from, you know, from West Rutland, Vermont, Dan Tominski and, you know, and I'm wondering if he's going to do it or not. And sure enough, man, he, cause he has to come on stage. He's not supposed to even be on there to do this, but he gets on stage. He throws a big groove at me, man. <laughs> you start feeling it. I, I just let it kind of slowly get to me. Right. And I started with the hips. I mean, oh, I made man. I made Elvis look like an altar boy. It was something. Yeah, just I, like I, for whatever. I lost my mind for for thirty man, seconds. That right? has to be on the internet somewhere. This that, was thank goodness. This was before it was be. popular. This was before it was popular. Oh. This is this is a this is a pretty good while ago, right? It wasn't. It, it would absolutely have been if we'd done it in the past ten years. But this is a while back. You would be so famous. So this is no kidding. Wait. So I did it just to see if I to prove to myself whether or not I could do it. Right. Just like being asked for a while, just to have. I mean, it was just seemed like it would be that much fun right so everybody laughs and she looks at me like what are you doing why have you done this and she's shocked but she she's she doesn't really know how to handle it so we're getting ready we have to kick off a song so i look at her and i said three four and she looks and she went oh no and puts her head down and says oh no and just laughs through the first you know 30 seconds of the song so we keep going on the intro like we're playing it and she goes okay stop stop just stop the song so we stop the song she goes what in the hell was that what so i had to fess up i said someone bet me a hundred bucks that i wouldn't dance so i said so just so you know i got tonight's pay plus a hundred bucks whatever she goes, oh my god i can't believe it she goes okay we're gonna have to we're gonna have to switch songs because oh, we couldn't know because we couldn't so we had to switch songs so we started in the next song. well i kick everything off right so, so we switched songs and i looked and i said two three four and when i did when i moved to three four she You're looks like, and she goes oh no <laughs> we couldn't play for the next 10 minutes Hmm. We, we had to, we literally we couldn't play a song we started a song stopped it started another song stopped it that was probably the crazy like so when, like crazy on the road that was like one of the times i remember like just being crazy having or doing something you know unpredictable. Man, i wish i could have saw, saw that we well, had we had fun you know allison was probably like i would have given you a hundred bucks not to do that <laughs> oh easily if, if, had she known it would have never flown there's no way we would have never agreed to that as a as a band no that was uh man it's, it'd be great if there was a video oh, i know i know shoot I've looked. Maybe we can re, you know, I reenact d- it. God no, <laughs> God no. You think Allison a- will be down to reenact it with you? <laughs> no, I would break a hip if I tried to do the same thing I did. This is a while back. I was much more limber. Is uh, is Allison as mean as she looks? I'm joking. As mean as she looks, it depends on how mean you think she looks. No, she I, know. Looks. I was just joking. She looks like the nicest person in the world. No, she is one of the people I hold up as an example of how to be as a person, just in general, how to treat. I mean, she's she's through and through the the best of the best people that I. That's know. good to hear because she seems like that. Like legitimately seems like it's true. I used to awesome I used to get human. paid I used to get paid to say it, but now it's 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 free. I still say it. It's true. You're no longer with Union Station then. Well, I can't. Um, I mean, Union Station still exists. If we were to get together and play a show, we would still right, be Austin right, Cross yeah. and Austin, Union Station. So she don't do it anymore. 
Um, she's we've we've both gone. I mean, all of us have kind of gone different directions in the past few years. She's been doing some solo stuff. Jerry's always done solo stuff. I've gone off and done solo stuff. There's been a lot of different right, configurations. Right. Um, whether we get back, you know, whether we get we still have some music that we've recorded. I mean, we still have some recorded music that we haven't put out. I mean, I'm not going to I am not going to tell the world that we're done ever playing music together. Right. But, um, you know, it's 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 been a while and there's nothing coming up soon. So, you know, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't hold your breath either. Dang it. I was going to hold it. Um, <laughs> speaking of bluegrass music, Chris and I were talking the other day, the other night about uh, bluegrass. And I would tell him about how my grandma used to sing the song. Uh, Polly, pretty Polly, won't you come go with me? And I and he started talking about another song. And I was like, why is bluegrass like? the the gangster rap they're the killing gangster, people there's a lot murder, of there's some murder stuff happening in blue, some bluegrass so i figured i'd go to somebody that knows bluegrass really well I why is I, it so violent well i brought up knoxville girl yeah i mean there's songs like and knoxville Polly. girl that is that is horrible there's there's you know uh oh god i do one that's horrible where he's you know he stabs her and he drags her through the river and then he kills her again and they hang i mean there's just there's some awful <laughs> that's what i'm saying really there's some awful, okay i'm gonna be honest with you i i'm a person there are different personalities of people who listen to music whether you really are drawn to lyrics whether you're drawn to the rhythmical patterns or or different stuff for me bluegrass music caught my ear for how the banjo and the guitar sounded together like it was all music it was all the rhythm the power of that music i listened to songs for years and i'm serious years before i really knew what the subject matter of those songs were they sounded happy to me i'm telling you a lot of the bluegrass music (laughs) that i heard i didn't really associate it with with the tragic content that it that it it yeah me neither that's what i'm saying my grandmother sung that as almost like a lullaby to us Polly, pretty Polly, and it's literally about a guy, yeah, getting Polly and leading her into the woods and killing her. <laughs> and I, when I grew up, I looked up the lyrics and I was like, "Whoa, Mama!" <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, uh, it's, what's the one I do? I do a song called Willow Garden, Let's which hear is well, it's it, oh, no, it's it's a long song to go, but it's down in <laughs> two out of tune right there. Down in the world garden where me and my love did me Was there we went according my love fell off to sleep Well I had me a bottle of burgundy wine which my true love did not know I threw her into the river with, and it just goes on like he starts. <laughs> so it starts like he drinks a bottle of wine, and then he takes another, and, and, and I drug my saber through her, which was a bloody knife, and I threw her into <laughs> saber, the saber. He said in that song, I drew my saber through. I threw her into the river, which was an awful sight because of uh, her guts spilling out. Everything. It's that, just just the most horrible song. I think that writer was a Star Wars fan. <laughs> but you play but, it and you listen to just the music and everything like that. Like I don't, I didn't get the story of that. I mean, I, I play that as an example of how how bad songs can be in bluegrass that's my example of like it's they can get rough bloodgrass bloodgrass <laughs> blood ooh tm ding bloodgrass <laughs> what i got they're like what, what kind of style of music you into bloodgrass bloodgrass blood they're like hey. bluegrass no it's the it's the real nasty <laughs> bloodgrass blood dude grass. that could be the song we write a, we write a bloodgrass song little bloodgrass i mean like brotherly put you the know killing bloodgrass kill him like, back like in Cain and Abel type brothers yes right there's some some wicked yeah. stuff could we could come I'll out I'll say y'all write it right now let's take a break <laughs> <laughs> and a one and, and a two what? and a <laughs> I killed my brother <laughs> cause he well, wouldn't give me <laughs> 
his old guitar. <laughs> anyway. That's it. I killed my brother because he wouldn't give me his old guitar. Speaking of guitars, you play a Martin. And I when I found out, I play a Martin too. Nowhere near as good as you. But uh, when I found out that you had your own signature Martin guitar, mm-hmm. that was like, like how? What kind of was you honored by that at all, or was in you my, like, eh. okay? So for me, and I've and I've had a, a a wild career that I never thought I would have to do a lot of different things and played in a lot of places I never thought I would see from Carnegie Hall to the White House on down to you name it. And this podcast, and I this mean, podcast, my God, probably the top. Taking yeah. me a long damn time to get right here today. I'm telling you, it's not a joke, <sighs> man. But out of everything, because of him, because of, of Chris, because of Wallen. Yeah, he didn't want you on here, but I'm, I fought for you, Dan. <laughs> I fought hard for you. It was a fight. You know that Cain and Abel song? We lived it. <laughs> lived it we lived over it. this day. Yeah. <laughs> it was easily my biggest honor for to be a part awesome. of, to be associated with Martin Guitar, and to be looked at as as someone that they could have as as a face of 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 their product. Because that's, I mean, Martin, that's an American institution, and I'm a lifer Martin guy. I've really only played one guitar for the my whole career. Um, which is this one right here. This is a 1946 uh, D28 Herringbone that I got when I joined Allison Krauss in Union Station way back when. And um, yeah, there are a lot like, I've been pretty nonchalant about everything we've done because it's just always been kind of funny if anything. It's like, wow, huh, well, cool. You know, huh, cool. But that sent me back a little bit with the guitar, you know, and then when I got my my model, you know, I have number one, you know, serial number one. Of, of the model they made it a little special for me used different wood it's it's got madagascan rosewood unlike the right. indian rosewood in the line whatever yada 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 for whatever reason yeah that for me was huge that was that's the that's my own little selfish thing like if i think about something myself it's like well you know whatever i got a guitar that's big man <laughs> yeah it, is. it for, was it for was chris martin did you meet chris martin by the way absolutely for him to because he don't seem like a guy that really cares about too much of, of like as far as people I met him he didn't seem like the most people person type guy right <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh you know everybody has their own attitudes but he didn't he didn't cuss me out or nothing he, he I said man can I get a picture with you I, I love you mm-hmm. I'm a big Martin fan or whatever and this is when they first released the signature Ed Sheeran guitar you know who Ed Sheeran is of I'm sure and uh, so I guess yours because yours come before that one or after? I don't know where his fell in line in, in the when when did you, when did they give you yours? It's been I mean long enough that I couldn't tell you exactly. I mean, oh my gosh, uh, was it in the two thousands or before? It was in the two thousands. It was. Yeah. I don't know when they got his either, but his was in the two thousands somewhere. But that's a long bit of two thousands. Nonetheless, I, I for him to it seems like I don't even know how many signature guitars they have. I can only name two. Well, there are, there are several. There are, there are a bunch of different signature guitars. They put them out for a little while, and they make them as many as they'll make while they're making them, and then they, and then they stop. So they, you, I can't go buy a Dan Tominski one right now? Nope. Shoot. You could buy it for, you know, you could buy it for, for a while, and I took a couple of them, you know, when they first came out, you know, and, and ended up selling them to friends. Um, friends have them a couple of the early serial number ones. And it turns out, I mean, no kidding, not because it's my guitar, because I'm really, I'm a guitar well, an instrument, a tone snob, if you will. Um, God, they're really good guitars. I mean, they did everything right. The combination, the Adirondack top, the Indian back and sides, um, all bone and ivory. I mean, it's it's a super high-end, great player's guitar, meant for a microphone. Dream guitar to walk up to a microphone on your basic bluegrass setup, and it's and it's your own little personal canon. They're really good guitars. 
if I find one and I'm able to find it and buy it, I want you to sign it. If you find one of mine, it's already signed. It's mm. signed. It's you know my signature comes on all the all my yeah, but it, on his you about, yeah, it's I not your this, real signature. Yeah, oh yes, I signed uh, this. This is part of why it was an honor. Like they gave me a hundred stamps to sign, and um, I went through the and I took my time. I bought a special pen. I still have the pen that I used, you know, to sign all my you know my things with, and took my time. Came up with a different signature than I would normally sign an autograph. The signature is oh, unique really? just to that guitar. That oh, I came up, I, I devised a different signature for that particular guitar. So I just signed all my hundred things. I think there was actually ninety nine how it came out on the sheets, but I signed all ninety nine of them. And um, and a month or two into it, they got back to me. They said, "Dude, we need another ninety nine, which floored me, made me. I mean, like I was, I was thrilled that they went through that they, cause you don't know. I mean, they can make you a guitar, but that doesn't mean anyone's going to buy them. You know, it's not something they put into production to make, they don't just make a hundred of them, and let them sit, People right. order them. So you I actually physically signed each guitar, each stamp that each goes stamp. in the guitar. So yeah. I, so as they had a roll of stamps, on the inside, yeah. on the inside yeah. there's a sticker on all the guitars. I see what right you're there. saying they now. Go, yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, but typically I try not to sign instruments like this. It's not my favorite thing to sign unless they're really very, a very little value. It just, it's, I don't like to see, you know, I've, I've got, had friends I've had to sign, you know. So you're not into Willie's trigger then? <laughs> oh no, if you have a guitar that's devoted to, I mean, I have other, you know, I know people with guitars that all they do with these guitars or have the, anyone they play or write or do anything with sign the, you know, no, that's awesome. That's a totally different right. thing. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. My Martin is actually signed by B.B. King, Charlie Daniels and some other folks, but B.B. King was actually only contractually only supposed to sign Gibson so for him to sign my guitar was was huge yeah cool so cool. I but that actually is what allowed me to be able to start actually forcing myself to learn is two things the fact that I spent a lot of money on a guitar and <laughs> that BB King signed yeah. it. so but anyway uh in the middle of the show we like to do a, it's wait well, it's past the middle of the show but we like to do what's called uh why would they do that okay and um, my, the one I have, you got one pulled up, Chris? No, he does. I, I seen That's about me. four of him. <laughs> that guy right me? there, That's he me. does. Hey, <laughs> that guy does. That guy right there. I like that guy. All right. Have you ever wanted to ride your bike to the ocean and keep riding it right into the water all the way to the other side? Well, if you if you were in Paris in 1932, you could with the cyclomer. It looks like a solar system science fair project, but with all Saturns. Ben, can you pull that up real quick? Look at this thing here. Look at this bike. You, wow. just, you just never have to stop pedaling that. Look at that thing. You never have to stop pedaling it. Dan, can we build one of those and get you to sing Hey Brother on while you're riding that for a video? I think I invented that when I was like five or six years old. I remember, I remember thinking... I don't know if it was a bike, but I remember thinking, why couldn't you just drive your car right into the water and go? And, and that why wasn't that a normal thing? Yeah. If I'd have known that I could have got a bike and do it, I would be happy to have wow. uh, sang Hey Brother while we pedaled it around. It didn't, it didn't take off. It didn't, it it didn't, didn't stick. Take, is that a bad pun? Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't float, did it? It didn't float. Do you just, have one or no? I have a, a couple. Uh, oh, well, ben? ben, just pulling up. Let, 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 uh, let, let, let's just do roulette and s- yeah, see what, see, see what we got. Oh, there we go. There we go. Now, uh, okay, Wallen, if you can do that, 
<laughs> if you could do that, if you could, if you could give us an example of Man, that, I look will. At I that. will give you one IOU for any damn, anything you want, <laughs> anything you I can mean, dream up. If you what, will do that, what would be the reason that you would do something like that? Can you first of all for the listeners? Explain oh, yeah, what's happening here. There's like an X Games mode over here. There is a woman that has her face buried in a toilet with her feet about. What, it looks like the weirdest version of planking I've ever seen. Three, her, like her a feet, plank. Yeah, she's with her a, feet on the wall and her face in the toilet just uh, completely straight. It's yeah, her crazy. feet are touching about like, you know, six foot up on the wall and her head yeah. is in the toilet and she's planking in a perfect straight line. It looks like her face is supporting her body weight. Oh, yeah. man. Like her neck. And if I'm not, can you pull it up big one more time, Ben? Because there's there's something below the, the toilet that looks like kind of like blood or something coming out. Unless, Swirly. Unless that's in the, the picture. But it looks like there's some blood there. I don't know if she's. Well, I'd say getting in that position could cause that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've all been there, man. I, I mean, oh, my Lord. Man, I bet when she got down off of there, she was probably flushed. Oh, uh, see what i did there her face was in the toilet marty Uh and i was talking about flush Uh and it was the same yeah yeah that was good yeah that was real good thing to put together there sorry that's probably a turd (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was so good oh bathroom humor i know i love it dad jokes the guitar back to the guitar real quick because i got it i don't know something and i want to know it it says I found out that it was it was designed for flat picking, and I don't know what that is. That a guitar was designed for flat. It says picking? yours was. It says for flat pickers. For flat picking, I think they're just trying to make the point that it's a bluegrass guitar. That it is, uh, you know, like there are some guitars that might be for finger picking guitars or nylon guitars. Or I mean, it's there. I think they're saying it's a steel string, dreadnought style, a guitar that you would associate with bluegrass music or flat picking. That you would hear a lot of, you know, oh. you, you would go, you'd always have that G runs in there somewhere with, <laughs> I see. I don't think there's any, there's, it's like every guitar, damn it, is for flat picking. I mean, if you hold it with a flat pick, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I, it's no different than any other guitar in that regard. I mean, it's a, just meant to, I have a heavy hand. It's, they, they were pretty much built to, to, to beat on pretty hard. So I'm the same way. I, I destroy guitars. Because it's, I'm and P, and I, I can't play with a pick because I strum too hard. Like, cause I don't pick, I just strum. So, and I strum so hard that I gotta, I gotta just strum on my finger because it's, it's so hard. Whatever gets it done, I mean, that's that's that works. Yeah, yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there, Chris? Because what he said, what he said, you know, that's that, what that, she said. It, it goes like that, man. Yeah, that's from amazing. The, the that's so good, yeah. Marty. Thank you. 14 Jeez. Grammys. Is there any one of them that actually means something to you more than the other one? Or do they none, none of them mean anything? I don't know. <laughs> they <laughs> they all they I think they all just collectively represent a, a a career that I never dreamed I could have, you know, but the let's be, you know, fair about it. I was with a band that, you know, with with Allison, I mean, I don't have 14 Grammys if I'm not a part of Allison Krauss and Union Station. So that's you know it's for me it it's it shines a light on a, on a career, 
you know, more than any one moments. Like I don't have like any that mean more to me than others. I mean, I have some, you know, from old brother, I have some where I've won, where I've got to make the speech. I have some where I stood behind the person making the speech. I have some that where we were with other people that were, you know, where we were as a band were behind the person making the speech where they come from that it's a that it's a industry voted award it's that to be recognized among people who spend their lives trying to you know trying to make it in that field that's it's it's an honor but it's not you know i mean when i see people when i see you know seats being filled up in a in an auditorium in the midwest somewhere where you shouldn't know us i don't mean i'm not putting any down on any Grammys on anything, but that means just as much to me. If if you feel like you're can, if you feel like you're touching someone, that's what means. That's why they're important to me because they they're a symbol that we touched people who understand what it took to make that happen. So they're so it's important to me in that way. But you know, like I don't I don't rub them for luck before I go to bed or or you know I don't. I was, I was joking with my girlfriend when I came, I you know, cause she said, bring the Grammys. We can take a picture, you know, like 14 Grammys. That's a lot of Grammys. They're heavy. That's they're They're just not set up in a place to really move. They're not out. I don't have them displayed like, you know, in any where they're in my panic room, you know, in my, my little closet, in my little studio area, you know, where I, where I go. So I guess if, you know, Armageddon comes and it's, and I've got to run and hide, I'll go sit hide with my Grammys. There, there we go. <laughs> be I'll be, I'll be like, this is, this is all I need. <laughs> I just need you. And you're my favorite. Come here. You, I got you first. You're my first baby. Come here. You know, my precious. No, my precious. <laughs> I no, can use this Grammy right here <laughs> as a spear. It sounds Whenever like what you're saying is we can have one of your Grammys. Yeah. You can, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that sounds, that does sound like that. that that's what I, that's all I heard the whole time. Like, I, it's, yeah. that's very clever paraphrasing i will give you you that um yes (laughs) no i'm saying that they that they do they mean a lot to me but the reason they mean a lot to me you know aren't might not be what people think you know i would have thought that old brother would have been the one that you would have said okay this one right here means because like you just you 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 created that like you just showed that you you're the one that turned it down you're the one that created this sound that it became so it wasn't really the whole i mean yes it was a team but if it hadn't been for you the genius that you decided to do that that don't exist but there's i'm okay that's a that's one working part of an enormous formula that that made that come together for for that to happen there's a situation like that in every one of those statues where people had to come together and give and take and 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 do you feel like you were that you had the same amount of of give in every one of the Grammys? Or that's what I'm saying. Like it seems like just by me on the outside looking in, you gave more to that old brother where art thou Grammy. Well, I think that's how it would be looked at if you were on the outside looking in. Like if you're gonna auction the Grammys off, the one that the old brother where art thou would, would probably go for the most money because of how the fans see it. Right, right. But from my personal intake, I mean, there was there was an enormous process that that came to each one of them, and just because that got the most attention, that doesn't mean that I gave any more of my soul to that one than I gave to any other of them. Right. Like from my perspective, man, I give my heart and soul into anything, and, and I mean, I'm I'm tuning up or down in every song for a purpose, and I'm doing it with other doing it with other people that are doing the same thing. So you're having to now respond to other people. So. And if that comes together to where the the world appreciates it and says, you know, we'll do this. I mean, because old brother was, you know, received more fame than some of the other ones. 
puts no more of a premium on what that one means to me versus the other ones, man, there wasn't, my God, there's a lifetime of work that, that go into, that go into all of them again, in and of themselves. I mean, it's a, it's a trophy. It's a little more than a reminder that, you know, that you were a part of something bigger and that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, I wasn't meaning famous. I wasn't meaning because it was the most famous. I didn't even know if it was. I thought you got a Grammy for uh, Hey Brother. Uh, no, no Grammys for, for Hey Brother. Well, my name is not on Hey Brother. I wouldn't have got the Grammy. Right, if if, it, won one, I, if yeah. it won one, I wouldn't have got it. Oh, you wouldn't even get a Grammy? No, well, it's a work for hire. It's, I was work for hire. Show sure enough. It's a work for hire, so he wouldn't have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would have been Avicii. Wow. Absolutely. I wonder if he but, got a Grammy though. But I don't know. Did it get but a if, if it did, I think in this case he would have deserved it. Like I don't think I would have deserved. Like what I did for for Hey Brother, I literally took a song that someone else wrote. I mean, they had the melody. I I copied what I heard. You just sang it. That's all you did. I was a I was an instrument. They mm. wanted they wanted you know this horn to to play for a couple minutes in this song, and I was happy. I like to do for it. everybody out there that's an uh, audio. When he said this horn, he he pointed towards his throat. <laughs> yeah, well, this, I just want to make sure. Well, they yeah, they say the other this horn. horn. This, I just want to make sure that you they pointed. wanted this vocal horn. <laughs> yeah, the old vocal horn. The old vocal horn. We we were tuning him up. <clears throat> Can you hear me? <clears throat> the old vocal horn. Yeah, Avicii never got a Grammy. He was nominated for two, but he didn't ever win one. He never right. even won one. No. Wow. There, I wasn't talking about the fame of the song. I was actually talking about that. Seeing, like, thinking about old brother Warthel or Constant Sorrow being that way, I was think I was I was re- uh, referring to how you're the reason that you, when you tuned it down, like it was you that inspired the creation of that and made sure that that became because of what you did, it became the actual song was, for the track. Nah, I threw socks on the wall until one stuck. That's I mean the version that I tried out for the song. When I went back, when they said, come and try out, you know, to see if you want to see if this is, will work. The, the version I did was com- was completely different. So I, I listened to someone I did. So I again, I think I did the same thing with this that I did in every other time I've been in a studio or in a position to where you're creating. Someone's trying to tell you what they want. Like, I didn't have a vision for that song. It's not my vision. There's no way I'd be lying if I said it was. I mean, T-Bone, the Coens, they they wanted it a certain tempo. They wanted it lower than I would have sang it naturally. That I didn't sing it in my key. I sang it in their key. I tuned it down because they needed something they weren't getting. I'm a hole filler. You show me something that's the part missing, I can, whether it's music or in the kitchen or in life right. or whatever, I, I look for what is needed and I can usually find a way to fill it so once i realized kind of what they were looking for i felt like i had an idea then i did that and i offered that and they were like they but it was it was their filter that said yes i could have tried that and they said no keep going something else it could i mean i guess i'm saying i I didn't make that song what it was a lot of moving parts i mean there are a lot of stars lined up to make that what it was it's a thrill to be a part of it and that they that i had any parts or ideas or things that i did that, I mean, that's all cool, but that happened in throughout the process of every, you know, any, any of that stuff we did. And I'll go back and say, again, you show me a theater where people are come that fill the seats and they're excited to be there and hear you. If I had my choice of, of filling an auditorium full of people or having Grammys, I'll take the people. I'll take being able to touch the people. It's, well, I mean, I get that part for yeah, sure. So, yeah. So I don't know. Well, it's hard to say, cause I've had this question before and I, I'd like to say, well, you know, the one that's the near and dearest to me is old brother, where art thou, you know, but the, but the truth is it doesn't, it doesn't stand out among them to me. It's that's us. the one I'll take then. 
That's there we yeah. go. There I'll we go. Hell. There we go. Yeah. Now I'm not a fool. It's worth the most money, I think. From the, it's, yeah. If it's worse, you know, I'd, I'll we'll take talk. the one. I'll take the cheapest one then. We'll talk. We'll talk. Whatever one, whatever one you want to throw my way. Oh, you I, got a Grammy? Can I have it? Yeah, can, can yeah. I have it? I'm gonna start asking everybody that has a Grammy that comes on the show. You got Grammys? People, sell, you know, they sell it? for a lot of money. They're, I would think they, so. If you know, you look up what they sell for. People sell them, you know, for twenty five and fifty thousand dollars. It's like crazy. People that wow. who in the world would buy somebody else's award? Award? Yeah, the, How, the, that they didn't. Yeah, like, I don't even understand it. It's like yeah. that's a whole weird another world of stuff that's out there. Um, well, I have a gold <laughs> Michael Jackson Thriller album. I didn't buy it. Okay, I was gonna. So I was gonna. To I was gonna say. Did you? I didn't buy it, but uh, it was a gift from a casino to my stepmother. She's like, I don't want this, and I was like, I'll take that. It's pretty cool. But would I buy it? No. But but I, people buy those all the time. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I gave my my parents some uh, some gold record. You know, a couple things. Man, you should see they. You talk about someone proud to put the, that stuff on the wall. They almost put it on the outside of the house. I'm not kidding. The outside. That, no, I'm serious. I almost hung that shit on the outside of the house so that people could see it driving by. One time we played. <laughs> That's I remember awesome. I played, so I remember one time I played the Rutland Theater, you know, Dan Tominsky band. As, of course, I'd always been with Allison Krauss, so I finally did a solo show, and it was right in our hometown, so they were very proud, you know, and they went up. So after they were done with the show, my dad goes up to the, the guy who owns the theater and says, hey, that poster, you know, you have out front. He says, what are you going to do with that, you know, once the show's over? And the guy's like, well, yeah, hey, man, that's your, that's your son. You want it? And my dad's like, yeah, I, I sure do. That would be great. Now, I'm trying to I'm trying to find something. It was about the size of that picture there. <laughs> wow. Right? That was in his yard? Just my face. No, it was it was the wall of their kitchen. He put it up in the house. He put it up. So when you walked in the house, when you walked into the house, it's your face. You saw the uh, the scariest big picture of my face, like from this post. I'm serious. I'm serious. You know, my guitar looking back. You want to talk about a proud papa? Man. Oh my goodness! I don't blame him a bit. Oh my goodness! When he gets done with that poster, I'll take it. Well, they're not with us anymore, and that poster, I believe, is long gone. But oh man! But uh, uh, my goodness, it was it was something to to go home and, I don't and walk blame into him that a kitchen bit for being that way. When I walked in the kitchen, I just I said, Dad, please no. And he would invite people over to the house, you know, so they would, of course, see. The so they would see it. So they would see it. Yeah. He would. Come look at Dan's face on the in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, he would take me around to different, just like businesses, people that he, his acquaintances, and he would come in and then we would walk and he'd say, come in, I need you to come in, you know, come, come in here for a second with me. And I'd walk in not knowing what, and he'd walk in, he'd look at his buddy over there and he says, well, here he is. This is the one. And he just, <laughs> just look at, look and at he him. Just, and he just look at <laughs> me. Look at him. Look at and, him. And I, there he is. <laughs> and Dan's like. you don't know i remember back then i remember one time one of the last times actually we went out and i remember saying dad please don't parade me around i said please don't do that please don't do that i remember saying that and this is what i will say to anybody listening right now if you ever have a chance and your dad wants to parade you around somewhere you say hell yes i will do that anytime you ever want to i'm i'm actually got i got tears in my eyes right now thinking that i would have ever said to him don't do that anymore if i could have one more chance for him to be proud of his little his his little pooper man yeah i'm telling you so there are people out there right now i know that are struggling, you know, that, that face this and they go, okay, dad, mom, enough, enough. No. Yeah. Take That's it while right. you, take it That's while you right. get it and be happy. You've got the chance. Amen. I was about to say, I got two daughters and if either one of them 
does anything. You know, they're 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 hanging on my kitchen wall as big as I can get it. You know, that's yeah. that's oh, the way yeah. I am too. I'll be the same way. My mom used to uh, when I had uh, songs coming out on the radio. My mom used to. I, I tell you know. I said I was explaining to her how you know how people call in and and um and request songs on the radio and and you know and she goes can i call in can i call i said if you want to so <laughs> the only problem with is there's no way my mom called a radio station every time she i'd say did you call she goes yeah oh yeah i called the radio station she goes they put me on there and she goes i told them that's my boy <laughs> That's my boy. That's my son Saint, uh, that, that wrote that song. I told him every time. Every time. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, it's not. Thank you, Mrs. Wallen. <laughs> Again. Again. We thank can't you. play it three times in a row. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was like well, I, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> it's not, I mean, you know, it's great. Same thing. I mean, oh, yeah. I, 100%. I have, no, I have, I have three kids. I have three grandkids, you know. Uh, but, but three kids, yeah, you, I would be proud. But I think from what I went through, I don't think I would, I, I might have a little, little more concern for how, how I was embarrassing them as I did it. But I don't know if, I mean, if they had something, damn it, if they ever do something I can be proud of, I'll be happy to show them. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no they're actually all quite spectacular in, in their own, at, at, at what they do. But, um, and I show off and I actually, yeah, I guess I'm. I am my dad. I think about it. And <laughs> you I think about it. You're like, oh, I'm wait thinking a about it, and and people are probably sick of hearing me talk about you know my boys, you know, <laughs> and and my little girl, and oh my god, are they into music? Uh, no, not really. They don't do. Uh, my my older my oldest son started kind of playing guitar like when he was 17 or 18 years old. That's when he kind of caught the bug. Now he actually has become quite proficient. Um, play stuff that i can't play uh he's he's somehow caught the bug he's he's deep into it but they didn't grow up playing i mean i was always gone i i played they didn't have access now like your I son did. is is like now he's a heck of a golfer too you know you are you're you're a great golfer well, I, yeah I, I wish i could play like either one of my boys they're both you know both they, uh, both of them uh, both of them are pretty pr- good golfers <laughs> Yeah, they're they're you if they're very popular on you know among the the scramble crowds you know like people that have the golf tournaments around their first yeah, yeah. their first call for everybody because they both hit it a long way and they yeah they it's uh I can get to now I can talk about them playing golf from now they've they've made me gray watching them play golf you know up through high school and competing <laughs> right, and right. in college and a lot of golf yeah they both they they both I think they've both won the last like club championship one's club champion. Of one golf course in Nashville, and one's club oh, champion wow. at another golf course, and really? you know, yeah, they're they're sticks. Man, they play now, a lot. What's their what? What do you drive? What's your furthest drive? To golf. I went to tell you right. Oh, um, I, was gonna say, I went to tell you right once. Straight, <laughs> straight shot. Yeah, I'll see, I, straight shot. I've uh, driven a long way, Marty. It, it depends. <laughs> I've had some long. It depends on what altitude. Like I've played a lot of golf and all over, and I've I have played some like high altitude golf where you know you can hit it you know four hundred yards if you hit it right. So, like it's but here at sea level, you know when yeah. I was playing a lot of golf at my strongest. I could drive it 300 yards, you know, maybe 310 or 20 if I really laid into it. I mean, right now, I probably drive the ball 250 or 60 yards. Mm. And if it's in play, I'm happy. That's plenty, plenty long enough. Who's your favorite golfer? 
Tiger Woods. I love watching Tiger play. I just, I mean, my favorite golfer learning how to play golf was Sam Snead. Like I developed what I did. And then Ernie Els early on, who was had my body type. I thought Ernie was the guy who I tried to mimic my swing after. Right. No but Bobby the, Jones. Huh? But the phenomenal, no, I, I watch more Bobby Jones now than I did when I was learning to play. Now I go back and I watch, you know, I'm, I'm a big Mo Norman fan, Bobby Jones oh, fan. Man. Yeah. Mo the, Norman fascinates me. No, oh, he's, I've, he I've, fascinates I've watched, me. I've watched everything I could find oh, on, on I mean, the man. He's just he's a phenomenon. It, it, it just, I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the YouTube videos of him talking to the crowd I've while seen he's them all. and every just and he's just talking and he goes straight down the middle. Da, da, da. He's talking straight down the middle. I mean, just, he was the type of golfer who, if if there was, you know, if he knew that this one par four was, you know, a driver and a pitching wedge, sometimes he'd hit the pitching wedge first. He was that good. He'd just say, "Well, if it's got to be a driver and a pitching wedge." Well, then I'll hit the pitching wedge, and then I'll go up to the ball, and I'll hit the driver. I'll still be on the green. Yeah, It'll, it'll probably go in. He was just so oh, consistent yeah. and just like. Well, Tiger would say he was the best ball. So he and Ben Hogan, two, the, he said they're the only two people in golf who actually always knew where the ball was going to go when they hit it. Like, they knew where it was going. Now, he was – he had some uh, – uh, wasn't he like a little bit um, autistic? He was socially, he wasn't able to really keep up with, with everybody. Yeah. yeah. He had some, he had he some had, special needs that. Yeah. It was almost an idiot savant type thing happening where he, it was just so mechanical that he, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. But he, he hit a million, do. like what he, he hit more golf balls than anyone else. I mean, he, he wasn't like he just, it, the light came off. I mean, he, he earned what he did. That guy was. I, I've heard like people the, say that he would hit, they would watch him hit 500 to a thousand balls a day. Like minimum, I'm, minimum, yeah, minimum. just just like before before a match or something, and then he would go and do that after a match. And he'd he'd do just, it after, he, he just yeah. if the if it was light, he was hitting golf balls. Yeah, yeah. Well, you but, know what Abraham Lincoln said: If you give me twenty four hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend twenty three hours sharpening the blade. Yep, and he did. There you go. Yep. Have I you like ever that. have you ever written a Chris actually to, taught me that quote? <laughs> I like. I wasn't uh, gonna say it. I'm yeah, gonna let you. I was thinking he was going to say make a joke, but he didn't. So I had to let it. But I have. But that is a wonderful quote, and I did use it the other day did in you? an interview. I didn't give you credit in that because that well, would make I would sense. Thank you would. I'm not going to say Chris Wallen at the end of every time I say it. Don't don't. Expect I wish you it would, either. but anyway. Anyway, the uh, did you write? Have you ever written any golf songs? Uh, not a lot of golf songs. No. Um, I've 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 had some buddies that have written golf songs and like there's the songs that I heard them write I'm like I don't even need to try man they've already they've done it that's it that's the perfect golf song I mean I wrote a song with John Daly uh, a few weeks ago that's a golf song that we kind of wrote a song that's that's John's life John was actually the only golfer that I would actually watch because yeah. he, how far he drove it. Like. Well, same thing. Like, yeah, he's one of the guys I love same, for the same reason. There's excitement when he gets up because you don't know what he – you know he's capable of doing things no one else can do. Right. And, and John was, would go for it, man. He's, yeah. And he was fat like me, and I always loved that. I was like, this is my brother right here. No, he and was I, a homegrown golfer that, yeah. that's really – and he's – and you know what? Listen, I'm friends with John now. I've become uh, pretty good friends with him. And I don't know of too many people I hold in higher esteem for how they are as a human being just with the people in their life, how they treat people in general. Here's what I'll say about John is I've done a lot of different celebrity events and played with everyone from Jack Nicholas on down, you know, it's, it's every pro golfer you can name through the course of all the stuff that I do. 
John will get out of the golf cart and walk through the crowd of people to talk to the kid that's in the wheelchair and give him five or 10 minutes. Nice. No one that I have ever done any of those events with spend that kind of time making sure they go out of their way when they see a situation like that and they yeah. do something about it. I'm just saying uh, props to John Daly forever. He's, he's in a league by himself. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Because I didn't know that. I'm glad to hear that because I've always – we actually had a, a – a John Daly poster in in our shop, like my dad, because my dad was even a fan. He didn't even like golf. He played golf, but he didn't really like it. Right, but we right. all liked John Daly because he he seemed like a country boy playing golf. Yeah, like a cornbread fed country boy. And I was like, man, that's my guy. Like I know he's he's like family. So yeah. he is everybody's guy for that reason. He is. That's yeah. that's that's exactly who he is. Yeah. Can you play us one more? What about what? What do you want to hear? I don't whatever you, whatever you feel. Whatever I feel. Yeah. Um so for a serious, can I play can I play a serious one? I wrote a song. 100%. I wrote a song. Um Gosh, I hope I I might pull up the words on my phone so I make sure I can Go ahead. So I so I can do it. Um I wrote a song if you know uh, if you follow guitar music. Uh Tony Rice is um mm. we lost Tony Rice over this past Christmas. And Tony is easily He's my hero. I mean, my biggest influence in in guitar playing and probably singing as well. Tony is just... uh, The man signed... I wrote a song. I called up a a friend of mine. uh, His name is Josh Williams. And we... uh, Josh used to play with Tony a little bit in the later years. He played... And spent a lot of time, spent years traveling with Tony, and I thought maybe we write a song, try to honor Tony. I'm gonna try. Uh, I'm gonna try this song called uh, "One More Time Before You Go." I, I hope you got time for this one. This I hope I can remember any of this, just in case. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just make sure that I'm cheating as much as I can. I'll try this one. This is one for Tony. So. In a lifetime there's a man Who comes along and changes everything With wood shelling wire in his hand Another session from the master And the all he left behind and Now we're forced to turn the pages Of a story so divine Now only love and legacy remain so long you were a mystery untold all alone inside a crowded room yet somehow you were always in control as if you knew just what i needed in the bottom of my soul and you would find a way to say it with your shoulder getting cold and the sound of that old guitar in your hand Of all the precious memories that I hold 
The ones that mean the most were all the stories that you told If I could just go back and trace your footprints in the snow Well I'd have you tell them all just one more time before you go If I could say one thing before you go I'd make sure you knew I loved you And I might say it in a voice that you would know With this guitar and a flat pick Backing up an angel band And I know you've gone to join them Yet you still got my hand Cause everywhere I go you come along Of all the precious memories that I hold The ones that mean the most are all the stories that you told And if I could just go back and trace your footprints in the snow I'd have you tell them all just one more time before you go If I could just go back and trace your footprints in the snow Well, I'd have you tell those stories one more time before you go That's awesome. Oh, man. One for Tony. He was my hero, man. That right there. That's good. Is that released? Ah, uh, we wrote it four days ago. Oh. Oh, new. Just, I just did write it. Uh, Josh, we just wrote it. We just actually recorded it. We're doing a uh, duet version. We're going to release it real soon. We're gonna we're doing it in like a very Skaggs and Rice type of way, guitar mandolin, just a duet thing. Um, Man, I love that. Mm, but very yeah, cool. I mean, if you, well, if you knew Tony and you knew what Tony meant to to me and to Josh and to people like that, I mean, my, you know, I, my my quote for for Tony, I said, you know, if bluegrass music was Star Wars, Tony Rice was the Force. I mean, he yeah. was behind everything that I know of today in it. So, Right, mm. right on, yeah. man. That's a beautiful song. I can't wait till it comes out. Uh, let Chris know so I can download it as soon as it does. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. We end every show with a unbelievable fact. You ready? Sure. It's illegal to chew gum in Singapore. Fed up with the expense of cleaning gum off of benches and other public facilities, the Prime Minister of Singapore made the import and sale of chewing gum illegal. They actually have an exception if it's prescribed by a dentist, but you're put on a chewing gum list. Man, the gum list. You're on the gum list. Wow. Isn't that something? I don't I don't I'm I'm not sure if, if that's like the best thing I've ever heard in my life or completely <laughs> ridiculous. It straddles a very weird really fine does. line. Um Wow. <laughs> I couldn't do a show in Singapore because I chew gum while I'm singing. Really? I do. I did not know that. I do. A lot of people will, yeah, to stay keeps lubed, your, lubed up. and Keeps your vocal cords lubed Marty, up. Marty, he sure sounds bubblicious. <laughs> <laughs> and looks it, too. <laughs> no, I said he sounded bubblicious. No, and looks it. No, I didn't say that, Say he Marty. looks it. No, I said Say he looks it so we can end this show. Say he looks it. No. Dan, Dan, you're always a class act, brother, and I love you, man. Uh, your okay. dear friend and one of the most talented people I've ever met. You need to meet more people, but I, I love <laughs> I love you back. I'm serious. You're you're one of the good ones. And Marty, I know we're just we're new friends, but but uh, we're gonna hang. I I believe. I was about to say uh, I don't know if you're always a class act, 
because I've only met you once. But I'll tell you, you were this time. You're well. You're and I love you to death. I loved you. There's one in a row. I loved you first though. One in a row. You caught me on my one sober day. Yeah, I'm usually drunk. That's it. I thought he was going to say something else. I'm usually drunk. Drunk. I'm usually drunk. (laughs) Dan, I love you, and I've had for a long time. Not in love. I appreciate it. But I love you. I appreciate it very much. He means in love. (laughs) I actually do. We'll talk about that later. All right, Ben. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it.